Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you ought to, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmar, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom... Come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team. We'll talk about your least favorite team and everybody in between. And we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network. How you doing? Well, that's good. You're listening to PHLY Flyers. That's right, PHLY Flyers post game. Woo! My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Look at that. A four-game winning streak. The Flyers have taken down the defending Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights. They needed overtime to do it. Uh, got out to a 2-0 lead thanks to a couple of power play goals. Uh, and ultimately, they take, uh, they take the game 3-3 into overtime and win it on a goal from Sean Couturier. Travis Konechny, I don't know if I've ever seen a guy come closer to two goals without actually getting one (laughs) than he did today. Uh, Seemed to factor into a couple, but doesn't ultimately get the credit. But JP, how you doing? That was a a big win for this team. It's nice to see them come out on home ice and get some of these wins. They've been playing well lately, uh, doing a lot of it on the road. Like if you only went to their home games and didn't watch them on the road, you'd go, oh, yeah, this team sucks. Like I thought they would but no they've been playing really well and uh, another one happens here and they get the victory over vegas you know a couple weeks ago they looked like they had him and lose it in the final 30 seconds but today they got him nice win for this team yeah man what's going on bill what's going on everyone out there listen everyone knows my favorite day of the week it is saturday (laughs) it's because it's only my my real day off i get to just be relaxed be myself and so for this game to start or first this saturday to start off with a flyers win on a one o'clock puck drop against the reigning Stanley Cup champions, Vegas Golden Knights. I went out of my seat. I was going crazy for this one. It felt it felt like playoffs for me personally because we're going against the Vegas Golden Knights. It is a Saturday. We had a lot of good things. We'll get into that power play, but just the fight from these guys. You know what? It felt a lot like that Carolina Hurricanes game we had here at Wells Fargo Center. It did. So like at the last minutes, I'm like, no. Vegas got this. They're going to get that goal. But to see them push it into extra and then get the dub in overtime, it was a, it was a fun game, That's, man. And I saw a comment early, like, you know, overtime was scary. Vegas For looked sure. like they had it a couple, like, right away. It looked like they had a few attempts. Uh, Carter Hart came up big, as he did throughout this game. And then got to give it to Travis Sanheim. Makes a play yeah. on defense, skates the puck in, and then ultimately it leads to the, uh, ultimately leads to the Couturier game winner. There's uh, just... Listen, there a ton of yeah, a ton man. of congratulations to go around in this one because sure. it did. There were times in this game where it was okay. Flyers are playing well; they've controlled play for a certain amount of time, and then Vegas would just do something, and you'd go, "Yeah, yeah, this is how I thought it was going to go." But to the Flyers' credit, you know they came up with a couple big penalty kills. Obviously, the power play came up big for the first time in about a month, yeah. and yeah. <laughs> and they come away with the victory. And I know there are some people who are like, "Well, what does this do for the rebuild?" And listen, I'm with you. 
we've said basically every show that we've done post game or otherwise, like I recognize you. If you're one of the people who wants to see them just lose and get a top five pick, I get it. It makes sense, but I'm just watching this team and the way they're playing and, it's hard to argue with the guys who are doing it. And that's why I want to start tonight. Obviously, like I said, connect the, uh, made a couple of plays looked like he factored into the Sean Walker goal. It's like, no, uh, nice screen, but Walker scored that on his own. Yeah. Looked like he might've tipped Couturier's winner. No, the bouncing puck just kind of got through and, uh, he didn't factor into that one, but you look at connect you look at Couturier and yeah. I want to go, I want to start out with Owen Tippett for this one, uh, yeah, seventh man. goal of the year. It's his first on the power play to get things going and that's what you want to see it's guys going to the net to create action and that's what we got out on that first goal dude he is on fire right yes. now man you just said you just said the amount of goals he scored the past couple games five but, in his last four games yeah and it's crazy because we talked about it during the last for post game show it all kind of started after the contract talk and he's really shutting up the naysayers and he's finding ways in this goal here in particular obviously getting the goal scoring started, getting that power play on that right note, but putting himself in the right place at the right time to to rip that goal in there, man. And obviously the the line that he was with here today with Frost and Atkinson, I love him pairing up with those two guys as well. But, dude, when you have obviously going into a game like Vegas and you've seen them on this winning streak, obviously shots have been getting on, have been put on for the Flyers. They've been putting goals in there as well. Carter Hart has been really good. But you have players like Tippett, Konechny, Couturier, this to, for an example, who have really stepped up. And when those guys, when you got guys like that contributing, they're going to put up some good results, whether it be a win or a loss. This was the reigning Stanley Cup champs, who are also having a really good 2023-2024 campaign as well. And you got a dub, and you hung in with those guys throughout the game. You had the lead for the entire game. That should definitely... Be a pat on the back. Man. No, they played really well. And just to the, your point about how they've been scoring, I think it's 17 goals over the last four games. This is a team that really struggled to score Confidence for, brewing, for segments of this early season. But you're starting to see things happen. And uh, there was a early in the game, they made a point to say, you know, John Tortorella basically had a film session. We need to get to the net. And at, yeah. at the end of every practice, they have like half ice drills where it's the forwards have to crash mm -hmm. the net. And it's really starting to pay off. And I think Slow we saw things. that with the uh, with the second goal. Yeah. Finally, <laughs> Tyson Forster finds the back of the net. I don't even know if you can say finds the he, the puck crossed the line. It got in. <laughs> it got in. It counts. And he needed this so badly. This for is a guy sure, who man. like I've wanted to commend for playing well. Like he has been doing a lot of the little things. You see him on the four check. He's creating turnovers. He's not doing anything wrong. But he's a first-round pick. He needs to score some goals. For sure. Last year, he scored in his brief time up. He scored in the AHL as well. And you're just – it feels like one is going to get him started the way Owen Tippett, you know, he finally – was. he had a few, but then all of a sudden now he's scoring at this rate. I'm expecting Tyson Forster to keep this up because he's been playing some good hockey. He finally gets one, uh, gets one in close on the power play, the second power play goal of the game, give the Flyers a two-goal lead. I'm happy for the kid, and I'm just hoping this leads to more because they need his offense. Yeah, I think this will be – I hope this is an avalanche type of effect. Hopefully, Forrest can go on a little bit of a run here. But you mentioned it, and so is Torts. That's why Torts has believed in him for so long because he's been doing everything right. And when you do that, you're going to set yourself up for success. And on a day like today, getting that second goal, that second power play goal was so huge, and it was great to see Forrester. But – you know, I want everyone in the comment section to give a big shout-out to our producer, Tyler. We had a great conversation beforehand. Um, rebuild. And, you know, we obviously, like, there's going to be a lot of comparisons in Philadelphia to the Sixers rebuild in the early 2010s. And with this Flyers team, I love what they're doing because you do still have veteran players like Cam Atkins and Sean Couture to help young players. You even throw Owen Tippett as one of those young players. But, you know, a, a guy, guy like Tyson Forrester as well, uh, who's a young player, Noah Cates as well. That's really what those, that veteran leadership is going to be able to help. And you have some NHL guys mixed with some young players who we're still trying to see for the future. And it's produced some fun hockey, more better than what we've seen over the last two years. And that's, I think, I think it needs reiterating, like... Listen, I still believe this team is rebuilding for a reason, and it's because of the results we've seen over the for last sure, four or five years, especially the last two. But as long – like, the winning, yes, it hurts 
ultimately what your uh, what your draft position is going to be. I think that might be offset a little this year because they also have the Florida Panthers pick. Now, Florida's awesome. That might be like the 30th pick or something. But, uh, I, like... Except I, basketball. They will have some picks. They're going to have... They're going to bring in at least two first-rounders. And as long as the front office and the people running the organization making the decisions yeah. keep in mind that this is a rebuild as long as you look at Sean Walker and go yeah dude's playing great he's also 29 and he's a restricted or an unrestricted free agent after this season he's got to be traded as long as you're fielding offers for Cam Atkinson and Garnet Hathaway and the dudes who might be able like Mark Stahl who I think we're going to see tomorrow he's been cleared uh, we're going to talk to Charlie a little later in the show to get uh see if we get any updates from the coach on some guys but it's as long as the front office is looking at this as a big picture thing, I, I can't argue with winning. Yeah, I can't, if, no, if the dudes sure. who we want to be here, Owen Tippett, Tyson Forster, if they're the guys partially driving this thing, as well as Sean Couturier, who ain't going anywhere because he's in, you know, he's in the middle of an eight-year contract <laughs> with a no movement clause. Like, if you wanted to trade him, you probably can't. Yeah, like, as long as these are the dudes making things happen, Carter Hart. I'm going to argue because they're better than we thought they were going to be. Listen, I thought they were going to be a bottom five team because I looked at their roster and went, I don't see it. But a couple of guys have taken steps. There's a couple of guys who are way healthier than I thought they were going to be. And here we are. They look good. I'm not going to complain about a team that's outplaying expectations. Absolutely. Let me make a point real quick to everyone who wants the Flyers to just straight up lose so we can get all the balls in, in the lottery, right? Let me take it back to the Sixers real quick. How many high draft picks do we have? And how many Plenty. How many NBA future Hall of Famers do we have? And that's, listen, I, I'm just looking at, there's plenty of teams in the NHL that have done it the right way and it's worked out. You know, the Chicago Blackhawks and their dynasty, they had a bunch. You look at uh, recent winners, Tampa and um, and. Colorado blanked on Colorado for a second. <laughs> like they've all yes had top top of the draft picks and it's worked out for them. But what do they also have? Also like also you look at Buffalo who drafted in the top 10 10 years in a row. They have a worse record than the Flyers right now. And listen, it's they're still building and they have plenty right. of young guys and their sophomore slumping a little and they're going to be fine probably. But they were horrible for 10 straight years and there are 500 team like and that's what their fans had like there's no one way to do it that's i guess is the way like in the nba i get it like you have to have that guy in the nba or you're fucked like if and <laughs> even if you have him like the sixers like oh you don't have three more too and you didn't get a free agent who was that guy a few <laughs> years ago and like if you don't have that but in the NHL, you also need depth, and you need these dudes who are performing right now to be kind of your base for when Mishkov does come yes, over, sir. when Gauthier does graduate from uh, from the NCAA. Hopefully this spring he's here. You need the depth, and you need these guys to come along. It's not the end of the world that yeah. they're winning games. So here's my point. So what, every team that you mentioned always had an emphasis in developing and culture. And those are things that are being built right now with John Tortorella. We are developing these young players, but more importantly, a culture is being built. Yes, getting the top picks in each draft, having young talent is great, but they're in a league with men. How do you expect kids to become men if they're learning with a bunch of other kids? You need to create a good development and you need uh, veteran players like the, you see the Flyers putting in right now. That's why I'm with this Flyers plan because there's a mixture of everything. Obviously, we still have to wait to see what those prospects become. And obviously they're going to put get, they're going to get ahead of a lot of prospects in this pool, but I like the way they're doing it right now. Winning right now doesn't hurt. It's only going to help these young players who we hope to be part of this future. And just even the Colorado example, like they're awesome. They're an all-star team they're and they've a had a lot too, of, man. they've had a lot of do it's t it took quite a bit of time. Exactly, and man. you look at some of their, like Eric Johnson, a top pick, right. Matt Duchesne, uh, Ryan O'Reilly, dudes who just didn't work out there as part of their rebuild. And eventually, like, they had to move on, and it worked out for them now. But it might take a while doing it that for way. Sure. I understand that the Flyers thing, it, like, it might take a while for them to be cup contenders. 
But if we can have a situation in which this ends sooner than later and I can actually look ahead and go, this is what cup contention is like four years from now. That's way better than 10 years from now. For sure. Like it's, it's much, much easier to swallow that pill. Uh, so I'm, I do want to give uh, congratulations to Tyson Forster. For sure, We're going to talk about some of the, uh, the coaches decision-making in a little bit, okay. but listen, I think this year, this time of year, we could all use a little help making some better decisions. And that includes, <laughs> That includes John Tortorella. Uh, <laughs> but with football every Sunday, tons of hockey games, not to mention holiday parties. You know, we just had our Friendsgiving party. Yeah. I just had like five smoked wings before you even <laughs> showed up today. I was putting them down just in the fridge. Like, oh, someone left me with the fridge. Suckers. <laughs> like, I was here all by myself. Uh, but like everything going on this time of year, we could all use a little help. I'm going to be taking in a lot of calories, a lot of carbs. And that's where Hero Bread comes in to help me maintain a somewhat healthier lifestyle than the one I typically follow. Hero makes sliced breads, buns, and tortillas that are available on Hero.co and Amazon. I've been making a ton of quesadillas with the tortillas, but all of their products have hit the spot for me because this bread is soft, fluffy, and delicious. And right now, Hero Bread is offering the PHLY fam 10% off their first order. Just go to Hero.co and use our code PHLY to save on hero bread today that's h-e-r-o dot c-o to save 10 percent today with our code p-h-l-y uh, I, I do want to talk about carter hart a bit real quick okay. because he made some awesome saves today For in sure, the first man. period i think like a minute 10 in he stops a breakaway another breakaway save maybe in the third period i think it was he made some big big stops today also, the first two goals were a little eh. Like, and that's just kind of like Carter Hart, if he does have one, I don't even know if it's fatal flaw because you look at his numbers, he's good, the team's winning. If he does have one drawback, it's the soft goal. I don't know if the Marcheseau backhand is a soft goal, but it's like, I don't know. I'd kind of like to see him stop it. But the first one, I didn't love. Uh, little, It's on the short side. Like, what did you take out of Carter Hart today? Because it was very, like, I thought he had some highlight saves and some, uh, I kind of want that one back. It's typical, like, Carter Hart start. Like, it's you, you, like, you said it perfectly. Like, it's wild. Like, he'll make the craziest save, you know, sliding from one end to the other of, of the goal, just making a ridiculous save. And then, like, yeah, he just allows, like, a soft goal just to go right under the pads. That is just how, how Carter Hart is at this moment. I mean, obviously, like, we talked about, like, we don't know for sure what this team will look like the next couple of years. We don't even know if Carter Hart will be here. So, but for right now, I mean, Carter Hart has been a rock, and we talked about it before. When you have a guy making crazy saves like that, it builds confidence throughout the team, and I, and I do think it has been building confidence. Even, like, you know, a guy like Igor Zamula, who his game hasn't been polished as per se, but he's, he has, has had some nice moments here and there, and I think that a lot of that confidence, you know, can stem from Carter Hart, but... Again, he kept his he kept his team in the game, and that was the most he did. important part. He did, and I see uh, Steve's comments. Second goal was a better goal than you think. I don't even think it was a. If he stops it, it's a nice save. Like I don't even think it was a soft goal on that one. The first one was a little. Uh, he, he'd probably want that one back. They're trying to say, oh well, there was a deflection. It's like you have to stop a puck that gets deflected every now and then too. For sure. Like, but I'm, I don't want to take anything away from Hart's game. I just thought some of the goals were. Less than ideal, but overall, I thought he played a very, very solid game. So, guys, we're going to keep it real here. You know, when we see someone with Carter, we're going to call it out. It doesn't matter if it's Carter or if it's Cal Peterson, but we're still going to go. <laughs> if it's Cal Peterson, I expect every shot. That's the thing is I expect every shot to go in on Cal Peterson. So when he makes a save, I'm like, oh, nice. Well done. Okay. <laughs> but like with Carter, I'm looking at him as franchise goalie. Not and sure, every man. now and then you have to make a tough save. Mm -hmm. But he made plenty of those today. And um, he's been big in this winning streak as well, man. Big uh, part of it. He has been. Uh, since he's come back, he's looked good. That's... <sighs> Every time he comes back from time off, he looks really strong, and it just leads me to believe maybe we should give him a little more time off every now and then. Like Again, I get that he's the franchise guy, and you want him to be that 60, 65-game starter, but if he's just a 50, 55-game guy, but he's awesome in those games— 
maybe that's what you have to do. And down the line, then he's fresh for the playoffs, maybe. Like, yeah. that's it's something you have to keep an eye on. So, obviously, tomorrow, I assume we'll be seeing Sam Harrison with the back-to-backs. I would so. uh, but I, I, would, I would think. Sure. <laughs> but you never know with this coach. But it, it, it would make sense to see but the backup tomorrow. It was like when we were on with Kelly. Um, it was the exact same thing like you were saying. Like, you know, even with Sam Urson, he plays well when he's got a lot of run as well. So. Yeah. It's not a bad idea. That's I and I always like they pay tribute to Roman Czechmonic on the broadcast today, and he was a guy like he was a guy who like he's playing under Ken Hitchcock, whose whole thing is like block shots, tough defense, never let the goal. And he's like, I want shots, like I, especially early. I want to see a ton of shots. I want to get in the groove of the game, and like it's it's always that back and forth, yeah. like what's best for one goalie versus what's best for the team and what the coach really wants. So it's going to be that balancing act. But tomorrow we'll probably see Sam Harrison. So. Uh, good game for Carter today, even though I didn't love the first goal. I uh, want to get to the officiating a bit. Okay. <laughs> it was it was wild today. I honestly, it's uh, so it starts out, I guess the first kind of crazy call Chandler Stevenson, five minute major in a game misconduct for cross checking Garnett Hathaway. Former teammates, by the way. And uh, when it happens in real time, like at first the camera pans away and it's, Oh my God, Hathaway's down. He's grabbing his face. What the hell happened? And you see it first is, Oh, he cross checked him in the, like in the nose. <laughs> That's not good. Uh, they review it because you review majors, and I don't hate the idea, kind of like uh, in the NFL where they just call it a touchdown or they just are like, yeah, it's a fumble. So they can go and get the automatic review. Like, yeah, call it a major and then go back and review it. Mm-hmm. They show the replay. High cross check, absolutely a penalty, very, very late. But he catches him in the shoulder, and it's it's Hathaway who kind of goes into the net. I now know. it's... There is like an arm kind of directing him, but it was a dirty play, definitely a penalty, and the Flyers get a five-minute major. Cool. Uh, I I don't know if that's a game misconduct, though. That's It's a little much for what turns out to be a cross-check to the shoulder. I mean, I I don't want to say Hathaway was pulling the whole soccer move and maybe selling a little bit more, but it it definitely felt like Stevenson's hit wasn't as bad as what it looked like. Yes. We were even wondering, like, dude, is he bleeding? Like, is Hathaway bleeding? And he does, like, hit his head on the crossbar. That's rough. Like, you know, that post ain't given. Like, it's it's unforgiving. Uh, I'm sure it was very painful, but it is... It's a brilliant on my in my mind. It's a brilliant play by Garnett Hathaway. Not even the sell job, but we know we saw in the preseason the team. Vegas is one of these teams that they're just always all in. Like doesn't matter preseason game, whatever. They stick up for their guys. They have that Tampa Bay mentality where even their skill guys will go after you if something they believe happens. But we saw in the preseason, someone takes a shot on Mark Stone. They're very protective of Mark Stone. He's their captain. He's got a long injury history. Mm-hmm. Hathaway gives him a little bump in front. Chandler Stevens come, Stevenson comes after him. He's out of the game. Like, even if Hathaway is hurt, it's like, well, one of our fourth liners for one of their star players, like, I don't know, pretty good trade. Like, it was, I thought, a really, really smart, like, heads-up play by Hathaway. And if it's a sell job... Good for him. Yeah. You know, he he sold it and gives his team a five-minute major. So either way, it's I think it's well done by Hathaway. I just don't know if the officials like actually did their job. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we're about so it's more of the circumstances late play and high cross check player local away is extremely dangerous. I wonder if because Stevenson wasn't even in the play, like they even just because it's so very late. Right. And like Mark Stone's the one who takes like it's not a, like a hard hit. Like it was a bump. Right. And Stone doesn't react. He's just like, okay, yeah, whatever. And then Stevenson kind of just like escalates the situation out of nowhere. Referees don't love when you escalate a situation. Right. Like they're there to keep the game under control. And it's like, you know, that was a 
that was a $5 punishment for a 10 cent crime. <laughs> Basically, it's like what the referees are looking at. Like, he bumped him. Like, what are you doing? Cross-checking him high. Like, stop. Get out of here. Like, that, they were like, get out of here. No, we're not dealing with this too much too soon. Like, the line from Slapshot. Like, it's too early in the, <laughs> it's too early in the day for this shit. Like, this is an afternoon game. We're not doing this day. So, they booed I'm him. I'm glad you said I love that movie. Uh, it's one of my favorites. <laughs> uh, but then, later, we get the three straight penalties on the Flyers for what turned out to be an extended five on three. And it was the Konechny one we can probably have our gripes with. I will say when the official, it's fast out there. When the referees see uh, a guy reaching with his stick and then the opposing player go down, they're going to make assumptions. It was a little bit of a soft call, but yeah. I get why they call it. The Lawton one is the absolute killer. I got to believe, and someone said this to me uh, on Twitter. I wish I had it right in front of me. Um, With a cross check? Yeah, but about the Lawton play. Like, if that was Morgan Frost, he doesn't play in the third period, and he probably doesn't play on Sunday. But they, I, I just think it's a little thing to keep an eye on that I want to ask Charlie about. Uh, like, how this is because that was a dumb penalty it's you're already down you're already shorthanded and you just cross check a dude straight in the like you were getting called on for that five on three yeah two, like man. you were getting called for that i don't care about the circumstance so that was a very very dumb play uh but it was kind of just a wildly officiated game from the things they let go to the things they did call it was it was ton of fun to watch yeah. but special teams did kind of decide this game because of it. No, literally. We had I think we had eight in total between both teams, four for each team. And that second period, that second half, that second period was freaking wild. And I was just sitting on the edge of my seat because obviously we all know how that power play could be, even even with the two goals here. Power, sorry, the power power play kill could be. Um, so it was it was a wild second period, that's for sure. Uh I, I just <clears throat> while we're on the subject. Okay. At what point do you start to be like, yo, where's Bobby Brink? Because that to me was today. And they have the back-to-back. So if he factors in tomorrow, it's like, okay, he got into one of the games this weekend. And hopefully he plays all next week and the rest of the season. We can mm -hmm. forget all about it. But we can say, like, in my mind, yeah, as long as the front office is doing its thing, what plays out on the ice is a little bit separate from the rebuild. But... This season ultimately is about because this team is not winning the Stanley Cup. For They're sure. probably not going to go to the playoffs. Like, it would be surprising. They might. Crazy shit happens all the time. Seattle got in last year. Seattle was a hundred point team last year, and they stink. So, like, it's definitely possible that they go. I don't think it will. But really, the point of this season is guys like Bobby Brink getting their ice time. Now it's three straight. It's no longer, oh, he's just out for a game. His play is dipped. Rookie wall is a real thing. Let's keep him fresh. Now it's a pattern. Now it's, oh, well, the team's playing well. Can't get him back in. Yes, you can. Like, are you starting to be a little concerned that the coach has, I don't want to say too much say, but like, just what do you think about what's going on with this lineup and the young guys kind of being the ones who don't play all the time? I just want to reiterate, it is a tough decision because you are conflicted between winning and what's best for the future because, yes, just like everyone has said in this organization, we are in a rebuild. But, like, I'm with you. I need to know what I have for my young players. I, I don't need to know what I have in Cam or, or Coots. Like, I need to know what I have in a guy like Bobby Brink. So, you know, in, in a situation like this, this is, honestly, it's a perfect perfect time to show, see what we have Bobby Brink because of Vegas' quality of, of what they have as a team. So I would have loved to see what Bobby can do with one of the best in, in this league. So I'm with you. Like, you got to put him in there at a certain point. I mean, three games. I know you're in a winning streak. I know it's fun. You know, people are excited, a little excited about the Flyers. But we want Stanley Cups. At the end of the day, yes, this fan base will have fun winning a couple games, but we want those Cups. And you need to find out if Bobby Brink can be one of those players that helps you bring a Cup. And I, I need to see it. 
And that's, uh, I see Barry, he says he didn't keep much of an eye on Frost today, but he had a bad turnover late in the game. I wonder if Torts uses that as a reason. And Steve follows up, Brink plays tomorrow and Frost sits. That is exactly what I thought when I saw that turnover, because listen, they're not going to sit Owen Tippett. One, he scored 27 goals last year. Two, he's on fire right now. But he had a couple bad turnovers in this game. And I was like, oh, interesting. And then when Frost does it, I just go, this is it. This is the reason he comes out of the lineup. And it's not even the end of the world. I just wish we could figure out a way. Uh, They don't need to do it right now. Right. But eventually there does have to be a trade. Like you have to figure, you have to figure out a way to get all of the younger guys in the lineup on a consistent basis without having to scratch one to get another one in. Yeah. I think that it's not a it's not a November problem, but January, February, March, when the trade deadline does come around, like Cam Atkinson, Garnett Hathaway, someone does have to go to eventually make sure we get as much of a sample size from these younger guys as we can. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, man. I think once deadline time happens, some of these guys will ship out and then. Yeah, Torts have no choice but to play some of these young players and not take them out when they're having a mistake in a game. Instead, coach them up, Torts, and let's see what they can do the next time. I would like to see his toolbox extended to more than just, oh, I got to sit a guy. And he doesn't always look at it that way. I was listening to the radio, the pregame on the way in, and they're saying, like, he... He looks at it like part of the learning process. It's not just going out and playing games. Sometimes you do have to watch. I don't hate that approach. I don't think that's necessarily wrong. But when it goes to uh, a week, two weeks, and you're just not getting any game time, there is the AHL. Yeah. Like we And uh, Bobby Brink is a guy who if you don't want to play him, and I don't know why you don't, and I don't want him to go down – but he has to play hockey. Like yeah. he missed a big portion of time with the injury last year. He wasn't right for most of last season. Kind of a lost development year. I don't need another one of those on a year that started out so proud. He makes the NHL out of camp yeah. after what was looked at as a lost developmental year. I just don't want this being, well, yeah, two weeks he didn't play. Like that's too much. Yeah. That's a little too much. Sitting out for an excessive amount of time does not help a young player. It really doesn't. It might even hurt them, especially, you know, they're overthinking things. And I, I agree with you. Like, having them play, no matter where, what level it is, it may be beneficial because you don't want guys to just sit there and get cold. And uh, we don't want we don't want Bobby Brink just sitting, watching the games. Is that the story he had this year, man? <laughs> yeah, especially, like, it's really, it's rough. Uh, we don't want him sitting in the stands watching the games, but... I would like to see you watching the games in the stands and (laughs) the best way to do it. It's with game time. Listen, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Game time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event which might come in handy for you, say, if you want to go tomorrow. That 5.30 puck drop against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Use game time to get yourself in and get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section of row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress of game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and you redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I uh, Also, while we're on the subject, next Saturday, the Flyers are on the road, yeah. but we will be having our watch party at New Wave Cafe. It's going to be a great, great time. JP, I'm hoping to see you there. I'm going to try to make it. The <laughs> problem is, is that since the MLS scheduling is so weird, the Union actually have their playoff game that ah. night. But I'm definitely going to try to – I might have to split myself. <laughs> we are um, – Charlie and I will be there. We're right now almost positive we're going to be able to do the post game from New Wave. But either way, we're going to be there for the entire time. If we have to late, wait and you know do post game later back at the studio, that's what we'll do. But as of right now, it looks like we're going to be able to do post game from 
from the New Wave Cafe. That's uh, 1125, I believe. All the fun starts at around 6. Make sure you're there. Check out our socials to register. Uh, it's going to be, be fun. It's going to be a great freaking time. Um, I got to talk about Sean Walker for a second. Okay. Because the more this dude plays, the more I like him. And I... <laughs> I just wish he was a few years younger. Right. Like he just turned 29. So it's not like he's 33. You know, it's it's not like he there's no way he can possibly fit the timeline of a rebuild. But a 29-year-old right-handed defenseman who's capable of playing top 4 minutes Damn, that's like what every single team at the deadline is going to be looking for. <laughs> like, like, oh, what's your type? A beautiful woman. Like, oh, good for you. Like, that's exactly what they're going to be looking for at the deadline. It's what every team needs. Like, nobody has enough right-handed defensemen, except apparently the Kings, who had enough to just throw one into us in the Provorov deal right. uh, so they could clear some cap space. Oh my God. But, like... He is really good. That's that goal he scored today. I thought there was absolutely no way that he just beat the goalie with that shot. Konechny had to get his stick on it. Watched replay after replay. I don't think he touched it. Uh, it was a hell of a goal, and he's just been productive for this team since since training camp really when he went from okay, well he was a throw in, he's just a guy, maybe he'll be their extra or something, whatever. To oh no he's uh, he's not just a lineup block he's one of their best defensemen. Not to bring my Negadelphia in this <laughs> a little bit, but like dude, it's so frustrating because like we wound up with like a little bit of a gem here. Yeah, overspending on like guys like Risto, Ryan Ellis, even Trader Fernisky, like dude, and then we get Sean Walker just winds up here with us, and he's been so solid for this team. And yeah, we were all wondering like dude, how how old is he? No, he's only twenty. He's he's twenty nine years old. He's not twenty five, twenty six, and. It, it, we, I would love him to be a part of this, but I am curious to see how the Flyers going forward will use him. Obviously, he's been big help for the team right now, being a, a staple with the defensive pairings. But it, it's just wild the, the time period that he arrives here in Philly. <laughs> and like the idea of an extension for him, like we've talked about the Owen Tippett one, and that mm -hmm. makes sense because Owen Tippett's 25 years old. Yeah. Uh, Sean Walker, it, it's not going to be a five, six, seven year deal. Okay. If it's two to three, He's still like a valuable trade piece. The cap is going up, so teams would be able to take him on eventually. But again, not to bring the Negadelphia into this, <laughs> but we know how this goes. Dude looks awesome. We have to. Dude looks awesome. Sign him to extension. Suddenly, nowhere near what we thought we were paying for. Like I just see a world where his value is never close to what we have right now. And uh, so, hopefully, they're able to get something done. But I'm being told Charlie O'Connor is with us, ready to go. So let's bring on Philadelphia's number one beat reporter. It is Charlie O'Connor. Chuck, they took down the defending champs. Playoffs. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that's what you guys have been talking about. <laughs> no, uh, Charlie, I, uh, I I just really liked what I saw out of the team today. Uh, power play. First of all, I guess I got to ask about the power play. Uh, it's been nine games since they, well, eight, eight games without a goal. They haven't scored since the uh, midway point of the third period against the Ducks on October 28th. They get two today. Just uh, it was bound to happen, or did you see like substantive changes that led to the offense? Yeah, I, I guess I'll kind of to kick it off be a little bit of a downer here. To be honest with you, the, the play on the power play that most like had me excited was a play they didn't score on, which was in the third period when there was a cross ice pass to Konechny and and Thompson made a big save. But to me, like that's the kind of play that they need to make regularly if they want to actually fix this power play. Look. It's great they scored two goals. The Flyers just needed power play goals just for their own sanity, in all honesty. Like, but the, but the truth is is that they were never going to be below 10% forever. You were going to get some bounces eventually. And what bounces did they get today? They got one that was a block shot that went right to Owen Tippett, who scores. And then they got one missed shot from Travis Sanheim that bounces off the end boards. And then Tyson Forrester, thank God, finally gets his first goal of the year off of it. Like, those aren't high-skill power play plays. Those are the types of, like, good bounces you take advantage of that every power – like, every power play gets, like, 15 of those a year. It's just the Flyers this year have gotten zero of them because they've been a combination of 
real bad on the power play and real unlucky on the power play. Today they got some luck, and that's great. But I don't look at this two-goal surge as a sign that they fixed things. And I think what, what proved that to me was how they looked on that five-minute major, which was exactly what we've seen all year on the power play. Like, yeah, it's great they scored some goals in the power play. I'm happy for them because maybe that will allow them to take take more risks, to stop gripping the sticks as tight. That might help them. But the underlying fundamental flaws of this power play are still there. Charlie, uh, just <laughs> I wanted to say, is it not the most flyer shit ever to score two power play goals Things look okay. Things are coming around, and then get a five-minute major and go right back to the level of futility they were at. But while while uh, while you've mentioned the five-minute major, what did you make of the officiating specifically, like that decision? I thought that was a a little much for a five in a game. Yeah, in all honesty, I, I suspect it was one of those where they legislated the result where because Hathaway goes up the tunnel because he hits the, the crossbar, I believe, on the way down and he gets hurt. You could make the argument, I guess, that when a player makes an illegal play, which that clearly was, was a very late cross check. When a player makes an illegal play and if the outcome is bad due to you making an illegal play, then sure, you get a little bit more punishment if the outcome is bad because it was your recklessness that led to the bad outcome. However, in and of itself, no, I don't think that was worth a major. It's a penalty. It's clearly a cross-check. It's clearly well after the whistle. It's a penalty. I don't think it's in and of itself worthy of a five-minute major. So that one was, look, the Flyers benefited, I guess. Ultimately, I guess Puck don't lie, and they end up not scoring on it, so whatever. But in all honesty, I thought that you know, the deluge of penalties that the Flyers took at the end of the second period and even the third period like aside from the connect me one which was very much jack eichel getting a superstar call in my opinion aside from that one the rest of them were penalties and that's just on the flyers for to, to be more disciplined and the thing is it wasn't even it wasn't even young guys like it wasn't even like tyson forrester who's a rookie or whatever like you've got scott lawton takes a dumb cross-checking penalty you got sean walker who has been great but look he's not immune from making mistakes from time to time he takes the holding penalty that kicks it off morgan frost takes what's clearly a penalty along the boards in the third period like these are penalties and i i feel like i've been i've been negative since i've come on here because this was an awesome win but the hard truth is that if they're going to keep this this sort of thing going they're going to need to avoid those types of runs where it's just three, four straight bad penalties, one right after another. If yeah. uh, if Scott Lawton was named Morgan Frost, does does Morgan Frost ever touch the ice after that? Uh, if he does that cross check, I mean, it's a tough question because like I, I know what you're getting. At. I know you're getting at the fact that Torts likes Lawton and he doesn't like Frost. However, I don't think Morgan Frost makes that cross check because that's not who he is as a player. Like, he's not physical. So I don't think he's ever in that position where he takes that penalty because he's not playing on the edge that Lawton always plays on. <laughs> if Morgan Frost does it, actually, now that I think about it, if Morgan Frost actually did that, the coach might, like, give him power play one time. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, now you're doing what I wanted you to do. All you, JP. Yeah, no, I want to stay on this power play a little bit. One player not a lot of people are talking about, Charlie, is Sanheim. Obviously, he had the two shots that wound up being the tippet and um, – and the, the four circles. But for you, like, you know, I just want to talk a little bit about Travis Sanheim. What do you think of his performance here, especially in the future on that power play? I mean, I thought he was fantastic today. And actually, John Tortorella specifically singled him out after the game, saying that he thought Travis Sanheim was, you know, five on five, pedal power play, everything, was one of the best players in the ice. And I would agree. I think he was fantastic. If, uh, <laughs> It, what will we think of Chuck Fletcher if Sanheim ends up being this? Oh, my God. It's, it's not. But the thing is, like, something can work out for – I had this argument with someone on Twitter a few days ago where it was somebody who just, like, kept harping on the idea that, well, what if Chuck Fletcher wasn't didn't make all the wrong moves like we thought? And it's like if Travis Sanheim bounces back and turns into – you know, a top four stalwart for the next five, six years for the Flyers. Like, that doesn't mean that the decision to sign Travis Sanheim a year early to an eight-year contract on a team that is that should be rebuilding was retroactively smart. 
It means that something that was a bad process led to a good result, and that's great. Sometimes you need some luck, and the Flyers have had so little luck in terms of team building over the last decade that, sure, it will be awesome if this plays out in the best-case scenario for the Flyers. But, like, it doesn't retroactively make the decision to sign Sanheim to that contract smart. It was a really dumb risk at the time especially given where the organization stood. And what it stood as is it stood as an example of Chuck Fletcher not realizing that the Flyers were further away from contention than clearly he either thought or hoped. Now, if this plays out where Travis Sanheim, this is the new Travis Sanheim. He is a top pair quality defenseman who can be a good power play two guy on a great team and take 25 minutes a night and do damn good in those minutes. Then that's awesome. And that makes this rebuild for the Flyers hopefully not going to take as long as we thought it would have otherwise. Real quick, I want to look at these Oh, is he? Oh, okay. So real quick, Charlie, I just want to look at these, this four-game winning streak right now. Um, obviously, all against solid teams. They're all uh, rematches, and the Flyers were able to get some payback, right? But it, it's weird because, like, even, like, on a night, night or night, day like today, you outshot the reigning Stanley Cup champs. You know, against the Hurricanes, you got outshot, and you still got the win. So, honestly, what do you make of this four-game winning streak? It's a good run. I, you know, and they're, they're beating good teams. Like, LA's a good team. I thought they were, generally speaking, outplayed in that game. I thought they were, generally speaking, outplayed against Carolina. I thought they were about even today with Vegas. And honestly, like, this is going to happen. And it's, and it's a lot of fun, and the Flyers are probably better than we thought they were going to be. But I'm not taking this to mean that, oh, my God, the Flyers are going to be the Cinderella team this year. Still early. I, I, I feel like part the reason why... It irritates me when, like, the Flyers will win a couple games and then people on Twitter Twitter will start chirping me of, like, how could you not have thought the Flyers were going to be good? And it's like, because after games, I talk to John Tortorella, and he tells us he doesn't think the Flyers are that good. Like, literally, after these big wins, Tortorella comes in and says, hey, like, we're going to lose games. I'm just telling you, the losses are going to come. And it's like, the coach doesn't even think the team's that amazing. Now he's uh, he treats the team a lot like he treated Emil Andre. Like, listen, <laughs> I like him, but fuck if he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. <laughs> you know, like it just is. Uh, I I thought Carter Hart was he made some highlight saves today. He stopped a couple of breakaways. He made some tough saves today. Thought the first goal. I think you even tweeted it. Maybe he wants that one back. Short side. Thought it would have been a nice save on the uh, Marcheseau backhand, the turnaround. It was a nice goal and everything, nice play, but I would have liked to see him stop it. What did you make of uh, Carter Hart today? Yeah, I, I went back and forth on Twitter with some goalie people. I, my guess, and I didn't watch the broadcast, obviously, my guess is that that first goal that Brian Boucher, given the fact that he is a card-carrying member of the goalie guild, basically absolved Hart entirely because of the deflection. Hold him 100%, yes. Like, Yes, I, I figured that. And I think this is something like, whereas before it was, there were people who would think that Rissalainen was better than he was because Keith Jones was constantly pumping his tires in the broadcast. I think there will be more people who think that goalies don't make mistakes because Brian Boucher will always have their back on the broadcast. And that's fine. I love Boucher. It's just something we all should be aware of that like there is going to be that immediate bias off of goals that like, look, that's a tough play. It's a tough deflection. But I, I like my goalie even off of a deflection to make a save on the short side. It's not like goalies don't make stops off of change direction pucks all the time. If if it if that wasn't a normal occurrence, there would be eight goals a night. Eight goals a night. There would be. So I, I still want my goalie to be able to be in position where if the puck changes direction a little bit, I still want you to be in good enough position that you can react and make that tough save. That said, well, I would like for him to have that back. I don't think it was a soft goal. I just think it's one I would have liked to have had him had. Same thing with the first March or so goal. The second March or so goal, he couldn't see the puck. I'm not going to pin that on him at all. But two, there's there's two goals he allowed where it's like, yeah, it would have been cool if he stopped that. But I will also say the first 10 minutes of this game, he was incredible. The Flyers the could have been down It wasn't three. a blowout yeah. early. Yeah, he could, they could have been down 2 3 nothing after 10 minutes. And Hart made some monster saves. And I thought he was also really good in the third period. So I think it was a good game by Hart. I don't think he was, like, top star incredible. It's just I think he had a good game. And I think he was really good at the big moments. And in the end, if you're looking at a single-game sample size, that's what matters the most. Um, Mark Stahl, I mean, we all heard you reporting about him uh, being cleared to play. Obviously didn't start here today potentially tomorrow and who could be coming out for Mark Stahl? 
Well, it's interesting because now they've beaten Caroline and Vegas right in a row. Obviously, I know they beat the, the, the Kings and the Ducks, but these two teams, like the Kings are an intriguing Western Conference star course. The Kings are one of the favorites in the East. The, the Golden Knights are one of the favorites in the West, if not one of the favorites just to win the Cup, period. I don't know if they change up the lineup. I, I really don't. If they do, my guess is it's Zamula who comes out. I did think Zamula had a better game today. I thought he had a couple really good shifts. I thought he had a couple shifts that weren't amazing, but I think he was much better than he has been recently, which is what leads me to think that maybe they just keep stall out another game and just let this ride and see where it goes. My guess is that if he comes in, it would be for Samul. Just makes the most sense. Samul is a, a lefty shot. Um, so is stall. So it would just be an easy swap. And it's not like Zamola has been playing that well. However, I truly don't know. If I had to put money on it, I would put money on Saul being out of the lineup again because I don't think Brink's coming back in. And if I don't think Brink's coming back in, why would you put Saul back in? Oh, that was my follow-up uh, was going to be... Because I, I just thought there were some mistakes made today by guys, whether it's a Morgan Frost turnover. It's not going to be Owen Tippett, but he had a couple. Uh, like I just thought there were a couple of plays, uh, the Lawton penalty. Like If you wanted to... You could come up with reasons to take someone out and put Bobby Brink back in. But yes, on a four game winning streak, we saw this happen with Morgan Frost. It's like, yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> like teams winning. I don't change the lineup. So I guess that's just that's just not going to happen. Uh, I got to ask you about Travis Konechny. Um Looked like he got the Sean Walker goal, but no, don't think he did. Looked like he got the Couturier goal. No. Have you ever seen a dude not factor into goals that like were clearly because of him and not get any credit for? I just I thought Konechny played a really strong game to not end up, you know, with a couple of goals tonight. Hey, Konechny's just sharing the wealth. You know, he's got enough goals this year. <laughs> he just wants all of his friends to get credit for goals as well. So he doesn't need to take their goals. You know, we talked to Sean Gattari after the game, and Sean Gattari was open with the fact that, yes, he was trying to pass the puck to Travis Konechny on the game winner. The puck just got bounced and bounced right over Konechny's stick, which normally would be bad, except for the fact that it also bounced past Logan Thompson, which is good. So, no, I think Konechny was fine. I thought that line, that whole first line was, was really good at 5-on-5. Five five. I thought they consistently generated pressure. Travis Konechny is a really good player. And, yeah, he could have gotten two goals today. But if if his play over this first little bit of the season is any indication, there's going to be a lot more nights this season where he's getting a goal or two. Uh, are you a Star Wars guy at all, Charlie? I Somebody asked me this yesterday. I am I am not anti-Star Wars. I, I enjoy the movies. I like the show. I like, I like The Mandalorian. But I am far from a Star Wars obsessive. I enjoy like it. I am not. I, I, I like the movies and stuff, but I just, I didn't notice a ton of stuff in the presentation today that was like, like I didn't hear like, just like the Imperial March or anything in between, <laughs> in between periods or whatever. Like, I just want to know if there was more of Star Wars presentation than we saw on TV. That's all. Yeah, there was, yeah, there was a ton of stuff like in between, between whistles, probably during commercial breaks, things like that. It was, it was nice. I hope everybody here had a good time. It was a great game, certainly. Sure, a lot of baby Yoda stuff too. So at what point isn't this a rebuild, Chuck? That's my last question for you. Like, when do they just go for it? Like probably trade for somebody at the deadline, something like that? I do not think they will do that. <laughs> now, I think that there's there's a chance that they will because if this were to keep going, you know, if we're in January and they're still in a playoff spot, that there is a chance that they will do things that will piss off the diehard rebuild people like as in not trading Sean Walker or maybe keeping Nick Sealer, like that could happen. I find it difficult to imagine that they would go out as buyers. I think they know where they are. I think they realize that like the ceiling of this team, the absolute like top end, every single thing breaks right for this team. The ceiling is like maybe you squeak out a first round victory. Like, that is the best thing that this team, talent-wise, can do. And there's no reason to be wasting first-round draft picks trying to turn that into a team that, like, maybe can lose in six games in the second round. But I do think it's possible that, like, you saw this, I think back to the year, I think it was 2017-2018. It was the year where um, all the, like, Elliot got hurt. They didn't really have a goalie. And obviously this ended up working out terribly because Peter Morozik was awful. But... Basically, Ron Hextall went out and he traded for Peter Morozik because they didn't really have anybody healthy. And the way Hextall described it, because Hextall at the time was still very much on the idea of, like, this is a long-term project, we're not selling assets. And he basically went up in front of the media and was like, look, 
these guys have earned some help. They've played hard. They've played well. They've earned it. Now, I don't think that's necessarily going to mean that if this keeps up, that Briere is going to go out and start trading for people. Because quite frankly, they have so many decent players, they're not able to play everybody. But I do think it's possible that like, if, if they're in a playoff spot and the trade deadline hits and there's no move to ship out guys like Mark Stahl or guys like Nick Sealer or guys like Sean Walker, I could see Danny Breer getting up in front of the media and basically saying, look, we're rebuilding. This is still a long-term project, but these guys deserve us. They, they deserve to see this through as a group. They've earned the right. I could see that. Uh, just a, This is something K-Red just asked, and I brought it up earlier. If Bobby Brink is going to have an extended, an extended stay in the press box while this team is playing well, why not send him down till someone gets hurt or just you know works their way out of the lineup? Like, what's the what's the reason to have him sit and not play? Well, see, I, I think, and I guess I'm going to kind of be not blowing up our spot, but kind of taking a shot at us specifically. I do think that this seeming like such a big deal is in part because we do a daily show and we have to have something to talk about and it's like oh my god bobby brinks was sitting forever he sat a week it's not going to kill him to sit a week it honestly probably isn't going to kill him to sit two weeks because in the grand scheme of things that still means he can get in like 72 games this year at the nhl level now if we're if we're coming up on a really long period of time yeah yeah then the guy's got to play but i do think that we shouldn't get ahead of ourselves here in part because I don't think the Flyers are going to keep playing this well. It was the exact same thing I said about the Morgan Frost stuff, where it's like, what do they do if they just keep winning? They're not going to just keep winning. Like, I'm sorry, they're not, because they're not that good. So the, there's going to be losses that are going to come, and when a couple losses come down the road, Bobby Brink will get back in. Look, in the grand scheme of things, I'd rather have Bobby Brink in these games. I would personally... I I understand why you're giving Ryan Paling a chance to play in an offensive role. I don't value him anywhere near as highly as I value Bobby Brink. I would much rather have Bobby Brink in the lineup than Ryan Paling playing center on the third line. However, it's hard for me to get too ticked off about it because I do think Brink is going to get back in the lineup eventually. I'm not ready to talk AHL because I guess here's my thing. If this lasts so long, that Bobby Brink has been out of the lineup for three weeks because the Flyers just keep winning, then we're talking about a team on a 10-game winning streak, and the conversation is completely different. I feel you. All right. I just wanted to I just wanted to ask. I am not advocating for the demotion of Brink, but it is a topic of conversation. Uh, and Charlie, while I do think these things are a big deal because we do a daily show, let us not forget when we did a weekly show, we harped on them just as much. Sure. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, you have anything else, JP? That's it, man. Enjoy your Saturday. Charlie. All right, Charlie. You get out of there. Uh, tell tell Torts I said what's up, and I'll uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Bye, guys. All right. Take Thanks, it easy, Charlie. Chuck. <clears throat> All right. And uh, that little Charlie O'Connor drop in was brought to you by our friends. And actually, I don't know if they like sponsor a segment or anything. I just listen. I have to do the Foco read. Uh, listen, Foco has the absolute best officially licensed <laughs> gear for all sports and fandoms. Whether you're looking for team apparel for the season ahead, they've got overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, and everything you need for game day. Maybe you're uh, in the market for some accessories, toys, collectibles for your man cave, she shed, or podcast set. You've got to use Foco for all your team gear needs. Foco always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in the description of the show and for all non-presale items use the promo code phly for 10 percent off that's promo code phly for 10 percent off at foco they still have the overalls uh <laughs> I, I gotta come up with something but i the, the overalls are cool are and it looks cool, like they're putting them out for like everything yeah. so yeah well obviously with the flyers on a four game winning streak get yourself a gear Absolutely. Here. Yeah, get it now. You yeah. know, everyone's going to be looking for it on Black Friday. Get now. You get your 10% off with yeah, PHLY. Problem solved. Uh, I did see, yeah, Frank says, have been down on Zamula last few games. Thought yeah. he had a strong game today. He did make a. Uh, it was a good bounce back game for him. He actually played more minutes than Louis Belpedio today. He has been by far playing the fewest minutes for the last few games. So it looks like 
uh, they're rolling, and there is something too. They're going to roll all three D pair, all three D pairs, all four lines because they have to play tomorrow. Yeah. But it, maybe he's working his way back into not just being the clear cut number six, and there being like an actual third pair rather yeah. than a dude who we yeah we're not playing some old in the third period of a close game. Not happening. Uh, so uh, a nice bounce back for him today. Hope he stays in the lineup. He's more a guy that I'm not going to be upset if he comes out of the lineup for any period of time because he's just like his ceiling is what he is right now it's like can he do this consistently be a decent enough third pair defenseman a guy like bobby brink he could be on the second line of a really good team i don't know if that's what he ends up being but it's a possibility i'd like to see him i get what charlie's saying but there does need to be a little bit more of a concerted effort listen if they're not going to tank if they're not going to lose every game Mm -hmm. okay but this season does have to be about building a great team, not just maybe getting the second wild card. Yeah, like we talk about, you got to figure out what exactly you have for the future. And for Zamula, yeah, that's one guy I'm with you. I want to see in there, just see what exactly we got. Uh, but again, also not mad if he does get dropped down. And, you know, obviously with the back-to-back, it does make it interesting. Curious to see what Torts decides to do with this back-to-back here. Uh, will, Z- will Zamula be one that gets dropped for Mark Stahl? We'll, we'll have to wait to see till tomorrow, but... Great bounce back game. Maybe tomorrow he'll, he'll keep keep on that that trajectory as well. Um, but he's building together a good foundation. He's got some good qualities, and that's the thing, like you said. He does. He has something. It's yeah. just like can he put it all together? But yeah, needs to get on that. Uh, <laughs> needs to get on that Sandheim fitness plan. Yeah, that's oh Provorov. I didn't even think about Provorov playing. Like, yeah, I'm sure he absolutely will. I. <laughs> I don't know. We are like a different fan base these days, but the Flyers are, will always be the Flyers, but there will definitely be a tribute video of some kind. I think only because of what he represented, that era of Flyers hockey that was not good. <laughs> and he was, one, he was one of the big players on that team. And so I think a lot of, a lot of fans may feel the urge to just <sighs> boo. I mean, I, I just like, it's one of those things where we're like booing our, it's we're projecting onto him. Like, cause I thought he was the next Duncan Keith. Like I thought Provorov was going to be the shit. And then it's like, yeah, he's probably an all right second pair defenseman. And it's like, ah, oh, really? Cause we don't need those. We need a top pair guy. And it just, it just didn't work out here. Yeah. So we will see how, uh, we will see how tomorrow goes and we will be right back here right. tomorrow with the post game. So make sure you tune in for that. But that is all the time we have for you today. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. Everyone who joined us in the chat, greatly appreciate it. If you haven't already, you got to hit that subscribe button. Follow us right here on YouTube. Uh, you know, follow us. So wherever you find your podcasts, hit that follow button on Twitter, PHLY underscore flyers, all that stuff and support our sponsors. They're pretty cool too. All right. My name is Bill Matz for JP Zapata. Have a great weekend, Philly. See you guys.